Hey everybody and welcome to the She Shall Be Called podcast where we explore womanhood through biblically defined standards. It's me, Portia Collins, and this week I am so excited to be joined by two new co-hosts. I'll let these ladies introduce themselves momentarily, but in the meantime, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button. Also, I encourage you to engage with us by joining our Facebook group or following us on Instagram, or you can even use the hashtag SSBC podcast. And lastly, I want to hear from you. So you can email us with your questions or your suggested topics at info at she shall be called.com. As always, let's get to it. I am excited to be joined by two awesome new co-hosts. I have literally been begging them (laughs) to come and get on the podcast with me. And I guess I finally wore them down. Or maybe it was just a touch from the Lord. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, Who's going to go first? Hey, everybody. My name is Jasmine Jones. Hey guys, I'm Khadija Campbell. Woo-hoo. So these are my friends. Um, I love these ladies dearly. Um, and I'm so excited that we can be, um, we have an opportunity to just share this together. And um, like this, is, I mean, like I cannot contain my excitement here. So um, not going to you know, do all the preliminaries. We'll, you know, catch up more and maybe have time to talk and chat um, in other podcasts. But we have a really, um, I don't want to say heavy, but an important topic that we want to discuss today, um, especially in light of so many things that ha- that's been happening. Um, I guess you would say like pop culture or um, just in, in the world. Um, and that, that this topic that we're going to cover today is counseling. Um, we'll be specifically discussing um, this t- topic from a Christian perspective. So we know um, that it's it's really no secret that counseling has been a bit of a taboo topic among Christians. Um, personally, I know that I've been I've, I've experienced um, excuse me experienced a bit of shame and. Um, I guess you would say doubt as it pertains to counseling. And so I know others have actually dealt with those things too. So we're going to take some time to explore the topic. Um, and, and first things first, I guess we're going to look at like, does counseling actually fit into the biblical worldview? Is it okay for Christians to receive counseling? Um, based on what I've studied in scripture, I do believe that counseling fits into the biblical worldview. But now that I have two awesome co-hosts, I don't just get to blab about what I think and what I've studied. I can actually engage with you ladies. And so I want to go ahead and just open it up and I want to get your thoughts. What are your thoughts on counseling from a perspective as Christian ladies? Let's just dive in. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be shy. I know, like, first podcasts are like, ah. y- y'all, y'all listen to my first podcast. Like, it was like, whew. 
<laughs> yeah, like five, 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 number five, we'd be busting in here like, hey girl, I mean, like, what's good? <laughs> right. The first one, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I say? Do I sound proper? Do I sound like, you know, like people like me? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. And you know, I always tell people, um, just like when we were at TGC, um, I met a couple ladies who listened to the podcast and I was like, yeah, it's kind of daring when you got a deep Southern accent like me and you decide you want to do a podcast. <laughs> People are listening and they're like, yep, that's Portia. <laughs> so, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like totally, like, this is what happens when you're excited when your friends decide to do a podcast. So, <laughs> back, back to uh, the lesson at hand. Um, let's let's go into, like, what are your thoughts, you know, uh, on counseling? Like, what's up? So, I think much like you, um, I also am, like, a very strong advocate for counseling. Um, I feel like it's very important that we have other avenues, um, even outside of the church, where we can go and just be authentic and real, but also get the mental help that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my little like research that I was doing before um, the podcast, you know, I just wanted to define like what's counseling and what's what's the definition of counseling was the definition of therapist and so the count the definition of counseling is just a professional guidance in resolving personal conflicts and emotional problems and then the, the definition of therapist um is a trusted individual who um helps people overcome their psychological problems and so i feel like it's very important that we do go see therapists or counselors, whichever one you want to call it, when it is needed, um, because they have done like research and studied the brain and how everything works. And sometimes like, yeah, scripture is really good to give people and prayer is really good to give people, but sometimes we need just a little bit more than that. Gotcha. I would agree. And I'm coming as one from, from a perspective that Um, For the longest time, I was actually very reluctant um, to seek counseling because, and you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, you know, there's always, we can acknowledge intellectually that this world is broken, that it's marred by sin, but a lot of times we don't want to be real enough to express how it actually affects our lives. We have to put on the, I'm a good Christian woman, you know, Mm -hmm. mask and, and, and hide all the pain and stuff that we have deep inside. So um, counseling is good at getting to the root of why we do certain things. Um, And I guess that's kind of a good way to lean into, like, what would we say some of the benefits to counseling would be, like, to encourage one to seek out counseling? Absolutely. Um, I guess I'll jump in. I think one of the benefits, um, I would think, would be just getting what I call getting outside of your head mm-hmm. and actually being able to um, discuss those things with someone who is, you know, professionally trained. And I, and I kind of touch on that and highlight that because yes, we have friends. We have people that we care about. I've had people say, you know, I've heard people say things like, man, I can be your counselor. And that's all great. I love my friends, but my friends are not professionally trained um, to know how to deal with certain things or how to address that. And that's not to knock um, 
or take away from their, I guess you would say, their spiritual growth and their ability, their maturity as a Christian. I have some very mature Christian friends, but still there are some areas that they, they may not be well versed in or um, that's just kind of outside of their scope. And so I think what is particularly good about Christian counseling, um, and, and we, like I said, we'll talk on this more, but I'll just go ahead and kind of open up with, you know, I, I see a Christian counselor. And one of the things that's really good about that is that he has a biblical worldview, but mm-hmm. he's also professionally trained mm-hmm. um, and has, you know, just the, he knows how to deal with certain things and knows how to probe with the right questions and I mean for me I there's I can't say that it's been bad thus far it's been extremely helpful and um just resources and things that he's been able been able to provide I know that I probably would have would not have gotten those things if I was just talking to you know my homegirls or whatever so I think the benefit is just actually seeing somebody who is professionally trained and equipped to be able to help you through whatever it is that you're dealing with I I agree with that. I would say like an example of what you're talking about is something like depression. Um, there's different types of depression. Depression can be caused by a variety of things. And sometimes, you know, if you're talking to a friend, they may not be able to pick up on that. And they wouldn't necessarily have the tools to properly help you through that. Whereas a biblical counselor, they could see it. They could say, okay, let me look at this. Let me help you here. These are the resources that you would need. You know, they could kind of, they could point you in the right direction. They could get you Mm -hmm. to the root. Um, And kind of one of the points that I had in terms of a benefit of counseling, it goes along with what you were saying. Um, I called it blind spots. We all have blind spots in our lives. There are things that we're blind to, um, certain sinful patterns or whatever it may be. It could be some stuff from our past that we've held on to that's affecting the way that we worship God and the way that we we interact with our brothers and sisters, but we may not know that because it's been suppressed for so long. And when you see an actual counselor, they can get you to the root of it because all we can see is the outside behavior. And sometimes we try to fix the outside stuff, but it ends up, the the problem is still there and then it ends up manifesting another way. Right. That is a very, very, very good point. And something that you touched on originally when, when you first opened up, you kind of talked about how we are marred by sin. And I think when we are reluctant to pursue counseling or um, when we are just fearful, we are actually undermining or not really acknowledging the severity of sin, like our brokenness. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a moment today where I just really kind of had to come to grips with the fact that I am broken and yes I am restored and redeemed in Christ but the effects of sin that still affects me as a, a, a human wrapped in flesh a flesh that's been corrupted and has you know been tainted by sin like we still deal with the effects or the fallout from that and right. so we can't underestimate that and pridefully think that we're beyond getting help or beyond getting wise counsel um just because you know we're in Christ now like there's going to be a continual need for him until he comes and you know we get our restored bodies or new bodies not even restored new bodies 
um, and, and he restores everything and, and sin will be no more. Okay, then, yeah, we'll be beyond counseling. We will be beyond counseling at that point. But now it's okay to, to get help. So, And that's, it's, it's really interesting that you spoke on basically like the brokenness and how sin works. Because I would say another benefit um, that I feel like I have with counseling is it's a safe space where I know whatever I go to my counselor about to talk about is going to stay right there unless I've murdered somebody or I've done some harm to somebody. You know, she has to report something like that. But any broken that brokenness that I have in me, anything that I'm battling with, I know that I can go directly to my counselor and say, hey, I'm, I'm just, this is like really weighing on me. I don't know how to really fix it. I don't know what to do. You know, mentally, it's just, it's just playing tricks in my mind. And to know that everything that I talk with my counselor is going to stay there, but I'm also going to get the help for it. You know, even me and my husband, um, were going to a, the same therapist, but separately. And she would, she, the very first thing she said when my husband started his sessions was, you guys are allowed to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about in regards to the counseling session. However, when you come here, I am not allowed to indulge anything that me and your husband have talked about and vice versa, you know? And so it just kind of gives you that safe haven that sometimes you don't have with like your girlfriend, because sometimes we can be judgmental, you know, or with your friend, like, or with your pastors, you know, I've dealt with that in the church where I've gone to my pastors and I've gotten heavy criticism when I should have been getting help, you know? So I would definitely say that's a, a benefit of counseling. Like, you know, that whatever goes on behind those closed doors is going to stay right there. But at the same time, you're going to get free from it at the you know? Absolutely. And, and um, I love that you pointed that out, you know, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of peace knowing that they are bound like legally. Right. They can't say anything. And so the same thing that your counselor said um, to you is this exact same thing that my counselor said to me and my husband. Um, he told us, he was like, I can't discuss with either of you come separately. I can't discuss that. He was like, if, you know, um, a church member comes or the pastor or whoever, and they noticed you coming out of my office. I cannot say anything mm -hmm. about why you were there. And so I think that that's a really good thing because sometimes we can unintentionally be blabbermouths mm -hmm. uh, about things like when we're talking with our girlfriends and then you go back and you want to sit down and like, well, and talk to your husband. And before you know it, like you're like, oh, you know, right. well, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, and I'm and totally words once they're out there, you can't take them back. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not saying that that's okay. If people confide in you, then you keep that. Don't go and you know, unless it's something where someone is in danger, don't go and gossip with your husband about your friend girl's business or whatever. So that was just my little two cent public announcement. But I, like I said, there's peace in knowing that your counselor. Uh, like they're bound by law, you know, mm -hmm. they can't, mm -hmm. can't say anything. So it's a little comforting to know that. So, all right. So let's kind of segue a little bit into discussing, I guess you would say the stigmas that we often um, 
hear or you know experience as it pertains to counseling um i'll jump in i've actually been writing a blog um about my experiences with counseling and hopefully that'll be out soon but i'll go ahead and kind of talk about a little bit of what i um i've written and addressed in there and one of the things that i've noticed to be just completely frank um, particularly in the african-american community is that we are very very standoffish when it comes to counseling and there's been two particular things that i've heard um come from whether it be you know african-american like my family members or peers the the first thing is like um anything that's relative to weakness counseling mm -hmm. is like equivalent to weakness um or like you know maybe your issues are not bad enough i just think of some older people who i i know um when i've had conversations um in the past just in general talking about counseling or whatever you hear things like girl you don't need no counseling you know you just need to pray about it or you need to do x y and z and um just kind of just undermining um uh, the extent of whatever it is that i'm dealing with and thinking that okay well this is not uh bad enough to re require any counseling and so i guess that those are the two things that i would say that i've heard the weakness thing and then just undermining whatever issues that um you're going through and saying that they you know this isn't something that you you should get counseling for so what what are some things that you guys have heard um well before i ever even decided to actually go to counseling um i would always hear that it was like a lack of faith like you don't have a lack of yeah. you have a lack of faith and what the Lord could do for your situation, whether it be mentally or, you know, for me, I struggle with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like this, like you said, the stigma that PPD is not real, but it actually is, it is real, you know? Mm -hmm. And so most people, like you said, they try to downplay it like, oh, it's not that real enough for you to go and get counseling for it or you know, just anything that you're dealing with mentally, it's like, I was, I remember somebody coming to me and I was like, well, how's your prayer life? Like you, you must have a secret sin in your life that you're dealing with depression or dealing with anxiety. And I'm just like, Girl. actually nothing has changed. <laughs> like Maybe that's the issue. Oh. <laughs> but it's just, it's really, yeah, I would say the lack of faith is a really, a, another big stigma um alongside the other two that you just said mm -hmm. yeah and then the whole um like people perceive you to be mentally unstable or like that you're you're crazy if you're getting counseling like that whole stigma is on there and like we were talking about earlier in the african-american community particularly mental health is not always taken very seriously um, a lot of things are brushed to the side and then when they manifest later, then you're like, oh, what's wrong with that person? Mm -hmm. It's like they needed help before and you were kind of pushing them to the side and telling them to deny that. And now it's basically come home to roost. So, um, yeah, that's a big issue. Very, very good points. Very good points. And yeah, you did. You said that that five letter word <laughs> that we all hate to hear 
crazy, you know, um, actually presuming that someone is mentally unstable, like, you know, I guess you'd say dangerous or something like that, because they decide to, well, not even just because they decide to seek counseling, just equating that or avoiding counseling because you think that, okay, that's what that means. A person who is this severe, is that's who needs to get counseling, not somebody who's dealing with depression or, um, you know, anger or whatever it is. But the thing is, all of that, like I, what Khadija just touched on, um, postpartum depression, um, um, like I said, just anger, um, anxiety anything that yeah stresses stresses that you're dealing with from work I actually remember and I guess we can kind of kind of move I may jump around from where we were supposed to be headed but I kind of want to go ahead and touch on like some personal experiences and the first time that I ever um, sought counseling was because I was dealing with two big issues the first was extreme stress on my job I was working a job um, where there was a, a bit of pressure in terms of, you know, my, what I needed to produce, my deliverables. And um, it, it just got to the point where my anxiety was really, really bad. And I was just like, I can't describe just how stressed, stressed to the point where like there were physical things happening with me. Um, and so I ended up reaching out to um, our human resources department and I found out about our EAP benefits and I was able to go to like eight weeks of counseling and that was included you know like that was a, a perk of my job I guess you would say and so um, I was just really really like thankful to be able to go and you know initially I thought well stress wouldn't be a reason why you would go and I just so happened to be talking I think to another a co-worker or somebody and they say you know you maybe should think about um seeing a counselor and talking to them about this and the second issue that I was dealing with that I didn't even realize was like because it wasn't surface level I didn't think it was a big deal but as I got into counseling I realized that I needed to be there because of the second issues and it was just dealing with some family things um some relationship things and just um, I guess you would say like an unspoken resentment that I was dealing with that was that I, I was carrying into my job and carrying into other relationships. So actually going to therapy for the stress honestly exposed uh, something that I kind of knew was there, but I was unwilling to deal with. And so um, that was that was extremely beneficial for me. And I'm I'm just glad that I I even decided to go, and that was a couple of years ago, and so I'll talk about how um, I'm in counseling now in a few. But I do want to ask uh, this: Why do you think that there is a tendency to reject counseling? Why do we have a um, somewhat of an I guess you would say an attitude with uh, getting counseling? Um, I would say it's because of an unbiblical view of what strength and weakness would be. And mm -hmm. in our society, we've been conditioned to believe that we're supposed to be strong. And that in order to be strong, that must mean we can't have any flaws. Or if we do, we have to conceal them. We can't expose what's wrong with us. But biblically, that's not how strength is actually defined. Um, 
when you see Paul speak about it, and, and I think it's Second Corinthians chapter twelve, um, yeah, chapter twelve, verses nine and ten, from the um, Christian Standard Version, it says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfect, perfected in weakness." Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. And a lot of, like I said, we just bought into this whole mentality that in order to be strong, that means we have to conceal whatever may be wrong with us. Um, we can't admit to being we can't be vulnerable um, because to be vulnerable to us means to be weak and to be weak means that we're at the bottom of the totem, totem pole. So we just have like this whole wrong mentality about this. And um, I think that's one big reason. And I'll say I specifically suffered from that because I tend to be a perfectionist and I always want to put my best foot forward. I want to, I want people to like me. So sometimes it's, it's hard to be vulnerable and to say, man, like, look, I'm struggling here or I have a problem here mm -hmm. because I feel like somehow that's going to make people think less of me, which is actually a form of pride. I don't, I don't even know if you saw my tweet today, but I kind of tweeted um, about that very thing, how um, sometimes we have that fear and it's, it's not so much a fear of what, God thinks or how God will respond a lot of times it's just the fear of how our Christian peers will receive us if we express weakness if we say okay I'm, I'm struggling to pray today or I'm struggling you know um, with my anxiety today or I, I just don't feel you know I'm, I'm not having a great day and I feel just really sad like we struggle to admit those things because um, there's a bit of fear there. And I would even say, like you said, pride. We, we want to be known as these strong, saved, blood-bought Christians, and we ain't got no problem. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is like, we're lying. We're being dishonest mm -hmm. because all of us, everybody, we are all being sanctified in some way. So you may not necessarily be dealing with, you know, depression or whatever, but you're working through something where you're having to die to yourself, you know, um, kill, mortify your sin, you know, um, try to just not so do everything that you can to soul to the spirit and not to the flesh. Like all of us are going to, through those same things. So when we put up, when we perpetuate, perpetuate this, image of the perfect christian or you know like i said i ain't got no problems um we're, we're actually lying we're, be, we're being dishonest and so um i think that you know that, that's a note that for all those listening just kind of make a, a note there and think about that it's okay to say i need help i need help with this you know um Khadija, did you have anything you wanted to share yeah, I think it also, um, the rejection goes back to a lot of what you said about like the stigma of the situation, mm -hmm. um, you know, like just a little tidbit. I know that we're going to go and indulge in more later, but like me and my husband aren't in marriage counseling. And so when you tell people that off rip, they think like something is horribly going wrong and- yes 
they're like, oh man, you know, like, did he, did, did he cheat? Did you cheat? Did, did somebody look at this? Did somebody do that? Did, you know, and it's like, no, it's none of that. You know, it's like, I look at my marriage kind of like I look at a brand new car, you know, as I drive that car, it needs a tune up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, and my marriage is the same way as we continue to journey through life as different transitions come through as the Lord grants us with this or takes away that as another child comes in, you know, or whatever we have going on, we need to tune it up, you know, like you mm-hmm. don't wait until the wheels are falling off of your car to get that oil change, you know, like, you know, okay, miles are, I've put XYZ amount of miles on my car, it's about time for me to go get that oil change, <laughs> you know, but I think it's, it has a lot to do with, um, like you guys said, like the fear and the pride, not just of us saving face, but of us having to feel like we have to explain ourselves to people, mm-hmm. right? you know, because off, I mean, just when, I just came out and was like, hey, you know, I'm going through counseling for my postpartum depression. It was just like so many, you have postpartum depression? Mm -hmm. You have to go through counseling for that? Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, it was just this big thing. And I was just like, yeah, I am dealing with this. This is a lot of women deal with this. And in order for me not to like, in order for me to present and be the best that I can be for my child and for my husband, here's what I had to do to go to go get the best help that I needed, you know? So I think that that, that has a lot to do with the rejection. We don't want to have to explain ourselves. We don't want to have to hear what other people may have to say, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just so much that people just can't let you just be sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has to offer in their 15 cents for your life. And it's just like, Two cents, girl. It ain't, it ain't even gotta be fifteen. Because <laughs> you can find a penny on the floor anywhere you go. Okay, but like, here's a penny for that thought. <laughs> yeah, like, penny, but okay. So yeah, right. but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Um, I think that um, as you were talking, I also thought about how. Um, you know, we don't want to have to explain what's going on, but also too, sometimes I think that we even deal with doubt in the sense that um, I've heard so many people say, well, it ain't going to help no way. You know, you're just wasting your time. You're just wasting your money because, you know, it's not going to help. And so like, there's like this lack of education mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, the the benefits of counseling and just you know because like if you haven't oftentimes when people have not experienced something and they've already got like their preconceived notions about things they just kind of roll with that and so they automatically assume oh well it's not gonna work you know because they're already just kind of um, rejecting it for other reasons then they just couple in that doubt with okay let me just with the icing on the cake, it ain't gonna work no way. Even if I got past my pride and all this and that, who, who's to say that it's gonna work? And I think that that comes from um, a lack of, of knowledge and education as it pertains to counseling. Because honestly, referring to it or saying it as something that works or not works, I think it's kind of backwards anyway. Because I guess when I look at it, I don't go in expecting my counselor to be God. Okay. Right. Um, counseling is not a replacement for 
our sovereign God who knows our situation and is capable of, you know, handling those things. My counselor is not, is not that. My counselor is just an avenue for me to be intentional about whatever it is that I'm dealing with. Just like you said, um, Khadija, if I know my car needs the oil change, then I'm not going to keep riding and ignoring the fact that my car needs an oil change. You know, that's the same way with our health. As you were saying all of it, I was thinking, this girl been reading my blog because <laughs> she all my little stuff that's in my blog. Now everybody going to know before the blog. <laughs> well, look, don't tell them and they'll still go read it. You <laughs> <laughs> saying I'm serious. I wrote those things down um, about just how people respond to this. And like, it just comes from all of these things that like, like, you don't even know, you know, you're not even taking time to give like the benefit of the doubt. It does not mean that you have a lack of faith. It does not mean that um, you are, you know, um, in a place where you beyond repair or whatever, it's maintenance. And that's what I put in my um, blog. I called it, um, um, and I guess we can go ahead and I'll go ahead and begin to open up about my personal account with uh, counseling. but we called it, uh, I called it marriage maintenance. Um, and basically, you know how when we go to the doctor, sometimes uh, we'll go for what they call a wellness exam, okay? You're not going because anything is just really wrong. You're going just to make sure that everything is well. And right. sometimes when you go to a wellness exam, you will find something that requires attention. Well, that was kind of the case with me and my husband. Um, I actually, I was going to counseling for myself because I had just had a baby. Everybody knows that I had, a, I guess you would say a traumatic pregnancy and um, she was born. I had her at 35, 30, not 35, 33 weeks and five days. Um, and, you know, all of that had happened. I had preeclampsia. And I, she spent all this time in the NICU. And so I was just dealing with so much and just feeling overwhelmed. And my good friends, two of which who are on this uh, podcast with me, um, you know, encouraged me to like, okay, maybe you need to decide, maybe you need to go and see a counselor. So I was going for myself. But once I got there and I was uh, talking, you know, with my counselor and just explaining things, it's like, you know what, I think. I think, you know, your husband should come for our remaining sessions. And I'm not going to lie. Initially, I balked at the idea of <laughs> that I automatically assumed. I, I did exactly what we're talking about in this uh, podcast. I did that in regard to how I felt like my husband was going to respond. He ain't going to want to come, no way. And then I was thinking, I really don't want him to come because he ain't going to be appreciative. This ain't for him. This for me, you know. <laughs> but I am so glad that I went ahead and I asked him to come. And I was, you know, I listened to my counselor and we go together. We do biweekly sessions because it has been such a benefit and an enhancement to our marriage. And we, like I said, we didn't start going because we were at each other's throats or anything like that. It started with me and my counselor said, well, maybe your husband needs to come. Right. And so um, 
you know, that, that's just one example of how, how this can look. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. You know, I, th I think about how sometimes when you first start with counseling, like you just be tiptoeing in and out the building. You don't want to out of there. Oh, Making wow. sure them sessions is late so it's dark when you leave. Right. <laughs> right. Give, me, give me the 8 o'clock session. <laughs> so, but um, I'm not going to take up the time. It, 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 either of you want to add anything um, uh, in regard to you know, your own personal accounts? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So I, I already touched on basically like how I started um, counseling for, for postpartum depression. Um, and it was actually like the Lord's dealing, um, because I was just, just as low as low could get. Um, and my husband noticed that and he was like, we need to get you some help because I, I can't help you. Uh, you know, we've prayed, nothing's working. I, I, I got so low with postpartum where I remember I had gone to like a friend's birthday party. And everything is going great. And I exited the birthday party, went in the bathroom and just bawled. Because even though I was amongst like all of these different women, I still felt like alone, you know? And so I started going for postpartum depression, but it transferred from, okay, I'm getting help for postpartum depression to I started to get help for some of the traumatic things that had happened in my childhood and some of like the mother wounds that I had um, with my mom and then you know just a whole bunch of other stuff that was the root of like the postpartum depression like me having the baby kicked everything off because there was a lot of things I had suppressed for all of these years thinking, you know, like you said, stay in the flow. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's okay. And then actually talking to somebody and was like, Whoa, this is a little deeper than what I thought it was. Um, and so that's how I started my counseling, how me and my husband started going to counseling together was um, we were actually about to transition and move out of town. And I don't know about you guys. Well, not you, Jasmine, not yet. Cause you know, one day the baby's going to come, but <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> Portia, but when you have children, everything changes, like everything about your way of life, everything about, how you do things everything just changes and so my son is just like the greatest ball of joy but me and my husband have been parented two separate ways and mm -hmm. for the life of us we could not figure out how to like meet in the middle for those two separate ways that we have been parenting mm -hmm. and so it had gotten to a point where I was just like okay communication is just off here like we're just not, we're seeing like, you know, above eye level, like I see you, you know, like a head nod, but we won't like us, we see each other, you know? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. And so, you know, I talked to him about it. I was like, you know, I would much rather because the therapist that, like I said, I go to was a therapist that he was going to as well by himself. And so I was like, I would much rather us go to our therapist that we're both comfortable with 
try to hash some things out, try to get on the same page before we make this big transition and uproot our family and our life and, mm-hmm. you know, go somewhere else. So that's what I mean by it was literally just maintenance tune up for us, you know, and it has been a big help, you know, cause it's just like, we're able to kind of understand one another more. Um, mm. Because like I said, in the beginning, she wasn't able, my therapist wasn't able to talk to me about the things that her and my husband had talked about. And so even though he would come home and he would tell me some of the stuff quite naturally, he ain't gonna tell it all, you know, cause he'd been sitting in our office for an hour. He can't recount an hour's conversation like that, mm-hmm. but she knew everything. And so while we were there with one another, it was just like, well, oh, this is what's going on. And so this is what's going on. We were able to kind of see each other. So it has been a really big help just to kind of get back to that. We see each other, you know, place. Right. Eye to eye. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, I think what's been really like helpful for me and Mikhail is like, by the way, shout out to my husband. I love you, boo. (laughs) shout out to my he got me this microphone you know so i can do this podcast (laughs) help me with my camera (laughs) um but uh because yeah because he's actually you know in here and he actually in the other room making sure that our daughter doesn't start screaming again (laughs) while mama trying to record a podcast and even if she does please ladies who are listening don't think i'm that mom who you know, I was going to scream at her kid. I was prepared to do tonight's podcast with her in my arms if I needed to. So anyway, y'all know me. I digress. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, goodness. Oh, my husband. Shout out to my husband because he has really been a trooper um, with the counseling thing. We are, we've always been, you know, since we started dating, we've, we've been good friends. Um, but we had blind spots in our communication. We had like severe blind spots that we didn't realize. And so we just kind of was going with the flow on a lot of stuff. But once we got into counseling, like we really began to um, articulate like um, concerns or things, you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to necessarily say expectations, but yeah, expectations, things that we need to see eye to eye on, or we need to discuss. We, we found healthier ways of being able to communicate those things as opposed to just being silent and assuming, you know, mm-hmm. that X, Y, and Z, which that it, it's not that it wasn't working, but at some point it was going to break you know and so our counselor really helped us to like uh get a get I guess you would say get a leg up get ahead of the game in terms of how we operate and communicate with one another and that was um that was a blessing to me I'm just I'm really thankful shout out to my counselor I'm not gonna call him out but he may be listening to but thank you (laughs) I I appreciate you too All right, so we're gonna start uh, kind of try segueing to wrapping up because I know we've been going. Oh wait, oh what's up? What's up? Did Jasmine want to tell her? Oh, I'm sorry, Jasmine. We have a third person. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. The the only thing I would add, and I would say, because you know I'm the resident single Pringle on the podcast. What I would say, I would just encourage anybody else that may be single, um, that's listening, don't, don't feel like you have to wait until you're married or having children to, to seek out counseling. It's also beneficial to you as a single person. Um, and I'm saying to, like I said, I'm saying this to you as a fellow single, 
And I've recently become convinced of this because of two, two things that happened. Like a couple of months ago, I went through a really, really bad bout with depression. And I kind of had a feeling of what it was, but I was trying to ignore, like I was trying to ignore it, but my mom picked up on it. And she was the one, she's like, Jazz, you might really want to see help because you don't seem like yourself. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're, you're kind of like withdrawing, you're, you're becoming like a shell of yourself. She's like, have you thought about seeking a counselor? And kind of at the time that she said it, I balked and I was like, are you trying to say I'm crazy? Like, what, what you trying to say? Like, um, and so I kind of balked at it at first, but then like also being around you ladies and a couple of our other friends and seeing how that mentality that I had towards counseling was, was off. It was wrong because you guys are some of the strongest women that I know. Um, and Aww, you guys are seeking help. Crying. <laughs> and I'm like, so maybe I was like, so it's not as bad as I'm thinking. And like you guys said, it's also learning, learning to get that right perspective. It's a tune up. It's a health check. It's not that anything's necessarily quote unquote wrong with me. It's just seeking the help that I need. So that was the thing that kind of won me over. So I'm actually in the process of seeking out a counselor in my area and working out of time um, so that I can go see them and work some things out. That is yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah. So happy to hear that, Jasmine. Right, and we'll we'll definitely be um, praying for you as you navigate through that. So, also, so I think um, Portia had a, a um, pretty much like the same testimony that I have as far as finding a counselor. Mm-hmm. Like our counselor that we found was like, okay, this legit. But counselors are a lot like shopping for the perfect handbag. If it don't or the the glove, you know, the OJ glove, if it don't fit, it must equate. So, with your shopping for your counselor, do not feel that the very first person that you go to, if it just, the vibe off, something you just don't feel like he or she is just like connecting, that you have got to stay with them in your search for a counselor. And that's even for our listeners, if you guys are thinking of branching out there and going, you know, checking in, don't feel like the very first person that you sit down in their office that that has to be it because it's not true. Find that person that you can vibe with, the person who is just like, we see each other and we're going to get you your help. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, you want to be, because, you know, counseling is already, there's so many like, things you have to get past to even get through the door. Yes. You want to be comfortable when you get there. You want to be able to um, get the most out of your session. Most sessions that I know of are like an hour. And so like you want that, you want to get as much as you can out of that hour and you don't want to feel, you know, you don't want to add to any discomfort or anything that you're already trying to work past. And so I definitely agree, Khadija. Um, don't just, you know, don't settle on a counselor just because find uh, a counselor that, you know, that you're comfortable with, that you're good with. We know that the word of God speaks clearly um, as it pertains to counsel, okay? Um, in fact, um, I did a quick, um, and I may be breaking up a little bit. My connection is unstable. But I did a quick search 
um, of the word counsel or counselor um, as I was studying and kind of preparing to talk about this. And um, a couple of things that I found um, in uh, the Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible, um, it says advice or an advisor. Um, and it says in biblical times, a counselor it was um, in the king's court was like a U.S. cabinet member today. Or um, also it says a counselor might, may have been um, the person to provide by guidance to whoever this person is in uh, leadership. And so um, another word for them was a confidential advisor. And so we see all of these um, different examples of like a counselor in the Bible. A couple of scriptures that um, popped up, um, Proverbs 15.22 I'll read this one. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. I thought that was interesting because um, simply because oftentimes we can plan things out and we can have things like in our head, how we think it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. And like as it pertains to us and how we're operating, you know, our, our, um, our mental health and all of those things, we may have this whole little plan. I'm fine. I'm good. And we never take time to sit down and say, well, let me see if I can get counsel from someone else, particularly some a professional who may be able to help me with something that I'm dealing with. So I, I thought that, that was interesting because like when we don't consider um, counseling or when we don't consider getting some type of help or advice from others, then we're putting ourselves in a position to fail. I can only imagine, I'm sitting here thinking about some of the things that we de we've dealt with. I can only imagine continuing on with postpartum depression and not getting any counseling on that and what that could have led to, you know, like what, what could happen without addressing that. And honestly, we've seen situations like this in the news. We've seen what has happened when things have been ignored and there's not been any, any attention given to that. So um, I guess the, the point that I'm saying here is we want to be careful. We don't want to like put ourselves in a position to fail just by being hard headed and prideful and not saying, okay, I need to seek some help. I need to seek some advice or some professional um, advice or help or opinions or whatever from a, licensed person who can actually help me to walk through this so um that was one one that i wanted to kind of point out also you can look at proverbs 20 and 18 you can look at uh isaiah 11 and 2 khadijah you got one what's I up i do so in my own little personal time there we'll be looking at scriptures mm -hmm. um proverbs 11 14 says where there is no guidance a people falls but in an abundance of counselors there is safety um so that one stuck out to me because in the beginning there we talked about how you know we've gone to each other for advice and for counseling or just to say hey you know i have this what what, what should i do mm -hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with that so mm -hmm. It was, I, I like the abundance, but tying mm -hmm. in the, just the fact that you still need to go to a professional licensed right. person who has still studied that, you know, like 
my friends can tell you that I am the person where they'll come to me about something. And if I don't have no wisdom on it, I'm quick to say, hey, you thought about some counseling? Because I, I don't know how to help you. I'm not that person who's going to try to fake it till you make it. Uh-huh. I'm not the person who's going to try to give you all kind of information that just doesn't pertain to your life. But I'm like, I know of some websites where you can go look at some counselors and see mm-hmm. about, you know, working out a payment plan with somebody. Right. <laughs> because sometimes, you know, it's just a little bit too much for us to handle. And I don't want for my friends to feel like I'm ever putting them off or just shooing them away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there is something that they that I have advice on, I am willing to give that advice at the same time, still encouraging them to go and get that tune up if need be or going to just talk to somebody if they do, if they're if they are battling something mentally that does need to be checked out. Right. That's a great point. And to kind of add a little bit to that, it's I would think of it like layers of counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, in scripture it says in the multitude of counsel there's safety. So it's not just seeking out one source. Right. By having that professional, it gives you an extra added layer. It gives you an extra source to go to. Yep, I agree. I agree. So speaking of that, um, we have um, just a couple of resources we want to kind of direct you to. Um, One would be the first thing, um, and I kind of mentioned this earlier when I talked about how I first got exposed to actually seeing a counselor. It was through um, a benefit that I had with my job. And so you may want to contact your human resource offices, uh, your human resources office, um, <laughs> and ask them about EAP benefits. And I think that's called like a employee assistance program. Um, a lot of these companies have what those EAP benefits, and you can do X amount of um, therapy sessions for at no additional cost like it's a part it's a benefit that you get for working for your your particular company but you won't know about it if you don't ask so contact whoever your rep is and ask you know do we have eap benefits if i need if i think that i need to see um i'm feeling like i need to see a counselor or you know someone who is licensed who can help me um is it possible for me to be able to do that how how cost effective can this be and in most cases, um, I don't want to say most cases, but in a lot of cases, you already, you have access to that through your job and it won't cost you anything. You can get, get what you need and get the help that you need. Also, um, there is a website. Um, I think it's been pretty popular. Um, I know a little bit about it, but I mean, I've always heard good things, but listen, I'm going to say this, this is my disclaimer. Um, we may mention or, or send uh, you to certain things, but you need to vet everything, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is not a uh, <laughs> end all be all. We're telling you, you got to use this particular resource. Uh, we're, just, we're just trying to do the legwork for you and point you in the right direction. If you see something that's not on the up and up or something that's questionable, do not take that as um, an official endorsement from us we're just trying to point you in different places um, that could be helpful so the christian counseling and educational foundation also known as the ccef is another one 
Um, I know a little bit about them, but I have not personally, um, you know, used any resources through them, but just from skimming their website, it looked really great. And so um, you can just go to www.ccef.org slash resources and you can check all of that out. They also have a referral request form. So it's um, ccef.org slash referral request form. And I, that's where you can actually search for a counselor in your area. So that's a good way um, to check that out. Um, also, um, ask a friend. You can talk to a friend. Sometimes um, I found my mouth uh, counselor through a friend, you know, and they, they said, hey, you thought about this person. And so um, that's always a good resource to be, you know, people around you. You never know either. You, you never know who is also seeing counseling mm -hmm. as well. So as soon as you hear somebody, if you got friends who are not bashful about talking about that, well, ask them, you know, you got any recommendations? Do you know anybody in this area? And sometimes even if you have friends who live in other areas, they can ask their counselor to look in like a database or something and they can find a counselor in your area so don't be bashful about that um, anything else y'all wanted to add yeah i have um i found my counselor through psychology today okay so psychologytoday.com um you're able to put in your city and state um, and so they'll list like all of the therapists in your area, but you're also able to vet out what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a Christian counselor because, you know, you want Christian counselor, there's some people who don't mind secular counselors. Or if you're looking for a family counselor who's a Christian, like they give all of that um, information there. Mm -hmm. um, also, along with what you were talking about, the EAP benefits, mm -hmm. um, insurance check with your insurance providers as far as if they cover counseling because some of them may cover it and you don't have to pay for anything but right. they'll have people in their network who you know you can only go to mm -hmm. um, and on psychology today they also tell you if they accept insurance like what what therapists accept insurance what insurance therapists accept um, payment arrangements and like they just give you like a really great breakdown of um all of that but like Portia said you know vet it out for yourself mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then there's um another directory that I like to use um for some people uh there's uh it's called therapy for black girls and so they have all if you're melanin enhanced like me and you want somebody else's melanin enhanced like you you know um look in they have a directory full of nothing but other African-American women and all of their glory with counseling in your areas. And so you can go there too. Good deal. All right. So those are a good bit of um, resources available to you. Um, the last thing that we're going to um, touch on, two, two particular things. One, um, we're going to ask, should our local bodies be equipped to counsel? Or is scripture enough? Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let, we're gonna just dive into this because this has been a, a, a hot topic. And so I guess this is what, what we're talking about um, 
in the sense of like practical things and how does this work in the context of us being church going you know christian women like should our local bodies be equipped to counsel counsel um like what, what how, how do y'all want to jump into this um i Just, think okay. <laughs> sorry I, okay. think, <laughs> I think it would be i think it would be a good i think it would be good if you did have more churches um involved mm-hmm. in that where you could have someone maybe on i guess it would depend on how your church is set up and if it's capable of doing this but like if you could have someone on staff that mm-hmm. could help provide counseling I think that would also be a step within the church to show people that it's okay to seek help. Um, so I don't, I think that would actually be a good thing um, if, if it's within your capability and your local body to have somebody that is maybe a certified, uh, certified counselor that can provide their services to church members. Cause you know, you may have people that may not have um, the proper insurance and they may feel like I can't afford counseling, you know, out of pocket. So if I don't have this, then if your local church provides that, that's a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and jump in um, here. So I definitely think um, that it is good to have at least one person on um, a church staff who is equipped to do um, counseling, you know, Christian counseling. Um, I will say, I do wholeheartedly believe in the sufficiency um, and the authority of scripture. However, I think that, and and I, I like this tricky question that we got because oftentimes this points back to people who have a misunderstanding of scripture and in scripture we okay second timothy 3 and 16 talks about how all scripture is inspired by god breathed out by god and it's profitable for teaching reproof correction and for training in righteousness that the man of god may be complete and equipped for every good work so that we we know that scripture is beneficial but the thing is sometimes we don't know how to rightly handle scripture Mm -hmm. and so this is why i'm particularly fond of christian counselors is because they are not only versed in their um professional their profession as counselors like they know the clinical side of it but they're also versed in rightly handling scripture and so not only can they use clinical things that they've learned to help you and guide you they can also use the word of God. And I think that's something that we need to be mindful of. Yes, scripture is sufficient. It is, it, it is, y'all know me, I'm a proponent of, you know, uh, solid Bible study and just, you know, really actually resting in the truths of the Bible. But it's hard to do that when you got so many people out here who are ill-equipped in how they handle scripture. And so by going to our our counselor is actually a Christian counselor who is on staff at a, um, um, a church. And so he knows, you know, he has a clinical side, but he also knows the word of God and he knows how to rightly handle the word of God. Um, and that that's important. So yes, scripture is absolutely sufficient, but it does not hurt to go to someone 
who is capable of um, helping you and guiding you through scripture so that you are applying it and understanding it in, you know, the right context and in the right way. So I hope that made sense, y'all. <laughs> Definitely. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? No, this was fun. We did oh, our first podcast. Yeah, our first podcast. Um, so <laughs> I, I hope that our listeners um, have found this to be beneficial and um, enjoy it. Um, Jasmine and Khadija are going to be with me, hopefully for the long haul. And they won't leave me yes. after I've done all this begging. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was great, though. Um, and, and like I said, I hope our lis- listeners found this to be edifying and beneficial. Um, if you have questions or anything, don't hesitate to email us at info at shishabecall.com. Um, We are in the process of building a show notes section and so we're going to try to put that um, on the She Shall Be Called website. So say you don't want to listen to this whole little chat that we had and it's something specific that you want to kind of tune in for, we'll have show notes so you'll know um, right where to, you know, click and get in there and um, listen to whatever it is, what, what part you want to listen to. And I think that's it. I will give you this um, announcement. We um, just did an updated exegetical guide um, that is available to ladies anywhere for free. And so you can go to the She Shall Be Called website in our library. Um, it's www.sheshallbecalled.com uh, slash SSBC library, if I'm not mistaken. And you can go there and download our new exegetical guide and um, supplementary worksheets as well as we got some cool new um, lock screens, phone lock screens that you can put on your phone, their scripture um, to just help you and remind you uh, to meditate on God's word throughout the day. And I guess that is it. So uh, ladies, are you going to tell our listeners farewell? So long. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> This was really fun. Um, I'm so excited to be a part of this journey with the podcast. So thank you, Miss Portia Collins, for inviting us. Also, if you guys want to, um, should we give out Twitter handles now? That sure. We're sure. So you guys can follow me. I'm really friendly. I promise I chat back. Don't let the follower like count scare you. Nothing like that uh you can follow me at different pearls and yeah let's talk about the podcast i really want to know you guys's thoughts on this segment tonight perfect jasmine um thank you so much for the opportunity portia i really enjoyed this i look forward to um future podcasts with you ladies and um, being able to grow my twitter handle um is a little bit complex (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's J L E I L A N I one two zero zero three. Um, and that's where you can find me on Twitter. Good deal. And my Twitter handle is um what is it? At Portia W Collins. Um the W is for my maiden name for people who want to know. Most people know my maiden name though, <laughs> I'm still a newlywed, so but yes, it's at Portia 
W Collins. So you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I will tell you, I'm about to max out on Facebook. I'm real close to that 5,000. And so better get in where you can fit in. (laughs) 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 You want to come on and join the team? Come on. But uh, I don't don't delete friends (laughs) like that. I I may unfollow just for the sake of guarding my eye gate, but don't like delete friends. So once we hit the 5,000, it's going to be kind of it, though. <laughs> All right, so nothing else. Thank you, ladies, for joining me. Um, thank you, listeners, for joining us. And until next time, grace and peace. Bye, guys. Bye.